Hello, and welcome to another edition of Ozzy Tells All, the hottest Northwest sports take you'll find on the podcast charts today. Now, I just want to say thank you very much to everyone with the great feedback from last night, or um, from Monday night on the uh, Washington State football cougar um, podcast with Scott Lewis the voice of the Whitworth Pirates and the Spokane Indians up in the press box. Those dulcet tones were fantastic. Thank you very much. It was a fantastic debut episode for that uh, genre. And today, I wanted wanted to be talking um, Washington Huskies football, a preview and some memories along the way, and for sure, some trash talking will be going down. Um, I want to start the show off by saying, um, if you want to contact the show or me, um, you can do that any at, by email address at aussietellsall at gmail.com and also Snapchat, um, Aussie, or the Oz on Sports, and the same on Instagram as well. And also on Twitter will be Podcast Phenom. Thank you very much. So, I want to start off by going with my thoughts on the upcoming season and and last season as well. So, last season was a terrific season, a great ride. We didn't lose one game until we played Alabama in the Final Four down Atlanta, which historically is Alabama's home away from home, away from home, and um, that's hard to, hard to win down there, but um, Huskies really played well. They fought well for us for the first half, and then Browning, Browning, Jake Browning throws the pick, and then that seals the deal. But, I mean, they really did hung, hang tough there for a good half, and that, that back wasn't thrown. You know, you never know what happens, but... Um, I, overall, it was one of my favorite years I've seen as a Husky fan. Um, you know, that's all i got to say about that. Um, and then this season, they're ranked priest number eight in the country. And um, that's a high ranking. I'm not sure if they've been higher in the last few years. I don't think they have at all, actually, um, in the last at least 10 years. And um, they got Jake Brennan coming back. He's fully healthy now. He's not injured. And he's looking good in practice from, from what I can tell on Twitter and what I can see on videos and so forth. And um looking forward to Miles Gaskin and everyone, uh, Chip Browning going deep with Austin Pettis. And um, it's a huge combo, deal combo. But I think that this season is going to be a collision course. They're, they're destined, UW is destined to go on a collision course to face USC in the Pac-12 championship game, and we'll see what happens from there. Um, USC is a very talented team with Sam Darnold, and that's all I know who they have as far as quarterback-wise. But um, they're going to be tough. We, lost, so we, we, did, we did lose to USC last year. I'm sorry. We did lose a game to USC in Seattle. Um, my sincerest apologies. Now, we start the season with a sad note. Um, so, Azeem Vicker, 
Victor, or yeah, King Victor, is the three linebacker and the linebacker for the for the um, Washington Huskies, and then backup safe backup cornerback Austin Joyner, um, have been suspended one goal, the Victor one game, and the Austin Joyner had two games for what they call um, violation of violation of team rules. Basically, they were caught. Um, they failed the drug test and uh, smoking weed. Smoking weed, and the only thing I can think of, um, it's, it's kind of a tongue-in-cheek thing, but you know, I just think that Clay Thompson, WSU player, basketball player, was in town over the weekend, and and he wanted to choke it up a little bit, you know, like he did in college, and. As an NBA, so I think that was the main reason why they got caught. But that's just my opinion, you know. That's just my opinion. Um, but moving on here, um, who I think will be the X factors coming into the season? That is a fantastic question. I will start on defense. And there's a guy who came in last year when injuries were abound in secondary for a couple of games here and there, or came in nickel situations. Um, is Taylor Rapp. And Taylor Rapp is starting at free safety, free safety this year, and he is a, uh, a true sophomore. And um, when he he's, at, he's athletic, um, he's white, high motor, um, great, you know, you know, high motor. And when he was in there last year, um, <clears throat> he really made plays. At a pick six one game, I believe, against Arizona State. Um, he, he he's a ball hawk, so he's, he's out there making plays, making dimes, you know, making money. Actually, not really, but um, you know, you, you get the drift. I think he's gonna be a fun factor to watch this year for Huskies football fans and the like. Um, <clears throat> next on my list is JoJo McIntosh, who was a backup last year. But this year he's starting strong safety, and um, he's he's fast, really fast, and he takes great routes. He he has a good eye for the football, good eye for the routes. He can see things happening, developing. So that's a good sign to have. Only as a, only as a sophomore, so that is fantastic. Sorry, a junior. He's, he's a junior. JoJo McIntosh is a junior. Um, look for him to make some plays. Um, he takes over for Buda Baker, who left for the NFL last season. Um, another guy I want to talk about for a key guy, exactly on the defense only we're doing, is Ezekiel Turner. Now, he is a senior and a backup, um, strong safety. When he played last year, when we had when we had time. He made he laid guys out. I mean, I would I would compare him to maybe Cam Chancellor how he hits. When when you get hit by Ezekiel Turner, like you know, you're it's lights out time. It's time to hit the lights. You know, that's what I'm saying right there. But um, now, what what are some keys to victory this season for the Huskies? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. So. Um, first thing I want to say is the running game is key. The running game will open up the pass game, which is deadly. 
And when you have Miles Gaskin returning, who is a home run threat, as Scott Lewis last or other night mentioned, mentioned, and he, you know, he can just hit like an 80 yard, 90 yard, 70 yard run in no time. Don't blink; he'll he'll be gone. Then you got Levon Coleman, who's like the banger inside. He's like a Thomas Rawls type. Like he, he just bangs it in there. He gets the touch yards, you know. Uh, or Eddie, or Marshawn Lynch, or you know, not the, not the same type of guy, but like just just type just just the style of running is what I'm trying to say. Those the guys can get you know get good yards after after contact and um, the chains. I think that will be a huge a huge 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 success for the season coming up. Now, now also a big key in this whole scheme is to keep the quarterback up upright and not injured. Because if you're not if you're not if you're hurt, you're gonna have, you know, a long day at the office, as they would say. So I wanna speak to the offensive line, who which is very, very stacked. Or with all American Trey Adams, left tackle. That guy is a hoss. He is a big, big boy. Big boys, man. He will he will just you know, sit on you if he needs to, but he's not dirty. He's a clean player. Holds his blocks, holds his assignments. He rarely makes mistakes. So he's one to watch. Trey Adams, is, he is a key cog in the, in the O-line down on, down on, down on Mont Lake. Now, I say I want to talk about is Sheldon Coleman. He is the center. He's a new center. He's a senior, though. I so he's coming in, um, replacing someone who left, I do believe, last year. Or from uh, graduation, and the guy, we'll see how he blends in with break running. See how make sure they don't have any mishaps um, this season. And then also, Taylor McGarry. You've heard of him before, probably because he is really, really, really legit. Taylor, Mc, Caleb McGarry, junior, junior right tackle. Um, he doesn't make he's he doesn't lose many battles. He might miss one or two, but for the most part, he's a he's gonna be solidly at right tackle this season. And keeping Jake Locker upright is a definitely a major key. Now, another key I wanna I wanna say is um, the key to success also this season is to score more points. Than your opponent, and if you do that, I think you have a good shot to win all your games. So if you don't do that, do that then the odds of winning a game come down quite dramatically, quite, quite dramatically. Now, how? So you so you lose Kevin King, Sidney Jones, John Ross. Buda Baker are the four main guys you lose, but in the draft, there's a couple of guys also left. But those are the four main guys you lose. How are you going to replace those guys? Let's start off with John Ross, who, if you haven't, if you didn't see the NFL Combine, he had he's he was the fastest ever four yard dash. He he was amazing at UW. Returner. Um, receiver, making guys miss, like on roller skates, basically. He's just phenomenal. Even Scott would admit it. John Ross is, a, is a pretty much an OG, man. That guy is fantastic. Now, John Ross, 
time at UW was a had a pretty much a injury injury plagued um, career at UW. He's hurt now with the Bengals, but um, when he's healthy, though, he will. He's one of the best receivers in the country, and replace that at the moment. I mean, a returning returning starter, Austin Pettis, who in his own right is really, really good. He's he's an all-pack, well-caliber player. He, he deep threat also. That, that part won't go. That part, that part will stay the same. Now, we do have a junior, Chico McClatcher, um, who is speedy. He He's had his moments, but he's had moments of weakness also. So I think it's time for him to step up a little bit. But um, last year, though, he played well last year. But before that, though, um, was very suspect, but I think if he can stay healthy and uh, get his get his due, I think he'll be a star at UW for the next couple of years to come. Another guy for John Ross uh, replace is a is a red is a redshirt sophomore, um, Andre Bacilla. I'm not sure what's that, but Bacilla, Bacilla. I don't know, but I've seen him play before. We'll see how that progresses, but we'll see what he does. He's a good receiver on the roster, so in the slot starting three. So that was that for receiver wise. Now Sidney Jones, Kevin King are your two starting corners from last season. So they were, you know, really, really good. One of the, I think one of the best we've had at UW because Desmond Trufant and um also the kid we had, um the Chiefs, I can't remember his name on it, but um, also very, Mar- Marcus Peters is the name I'm thinking of, Marcus Peters, um, also one of the best to ever come to UW, but for, for this coming year though, at cornerbacks we have um, Jordan Miller, who's a junior, and Byron Murphy, who's a redshirt freshman, so I don't know, um, we'll see how they do, Um I've never seen them play that much, so I really can't say for sure. But the backups, um, Austin Joyner, as I said earlier, um, who's given a two-game suspension for the marijuana with Kai Thompson event, um, Michael Turner, so actually, and and, uh, and Miles Brandt is also a sophomore. So the corners, cornerbacks this year coming in is going to be the big mystery. Um, on the defense this year, because the defensive line linebackers are pretty much all set. They're all most, most of them are coming back on last year, so I think we're going to do well on that front. But as far as Sidney Jones, um, Kevin King, that's going to be hard to hard to replace. Also, Buda Baker, as I mentioned earlier, uh, he did play free safety, and that's that'll be the the uh, Taylor, Taylor Rapp, who I told you earlier, is a sophomore, very white, pasty, um, but. Big heart, high motor, and I think he held out the determination to do well. You can't already notice um, those are my white um, draft profile analysis for white guys. High motor, sneaky athletic, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We want to take a drink here. All right. So next up, we have describe 
the Husky Stadium setting? Well, I will first say this, that City of Seattle, football-wise, has always been noted as being, if not the bet, the loudest, one of the loudest cities in America for sporting events for football. Back to the Kingdom days in the 90s, 80s, 90s, um, then 2000s, yeah, CenturyLink Field, where they made a seismic, um, you know, a seismic earthquake with Marshawn Lynch, and the and you can see even not even with that play, you know, with that play, you can still see almost every game like the camera will shake up and down. Those are those are loud, loud, loud fans in Seattle. Now, same thing can be said at UW at Husky Stadium. Um, now, if you look back in the 90s, the 90s, they got the title, 91 title, they shared that title, but still, nonetheless. Now, that place, Husky Stadium, gets rocking. I mean, you got like 65, 70,000 easy Husky Stadium, and when it's going, when the Huskies are winning and high level, that is probably the top five best environments in college football there is today. Now, on Huskies on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, they always say hashtag best setting. And the Sun City on Lake Washington, it's hard to go against that. And now... Husky Stadium, as I said earlier, just a minute ago, is on Lake Washington, and you will see if you watch a if you watch a Husky if you watch a Pac-12 game in Seattle, um, you will see people will take ferries from other islands, you know, on the west side, to come to the game Husky Stadium. It's called people, you know, people NFL games, college games, they have tailgating. You know, on this side of the channel, they have what's called sail gating, where you just sail, you know, you just got there and get some sand on the barbie, bring some brews out, call it a day. Call it a day. All right, so that's is hard. It's, play, it's a tough, tough place to play for an opposition, um, but fun if you are the home team. That is for damn sure. Now, which I'm myself here. Um, do I hate WSU? My answer is this. Actually, I have a question here. Is the sky blue? Is the grass green? Are the birds chirping? Am I amazing? The answer to all those are yes. Absolutely yes. I despise, I hate, hate, yes. Yes, people. Hate is a very, very strong word, but I do, in fact, hate WSU. Hate everything about WSU. Hate their city. No, no, no. no. They're a small town. Pardon me. They're a small town. Hate the town. I hate their football team, their basketball team. I hate their fans, except people I know, because I have to respect them as people. Individuals, 
but but some can go to hell. I just just kidding. I, that's too far. That's too far. But you know, get you get my drift. I don't like the football team, basketball team, baseball team, softball team, volleyball team, freaking field team, rowing team, uh, tennis team, gymnastics team. Well, the gymnastics might be fine. Um, shooters, shooters are okay. Cheer squad, bring them on. Come to daddy. All right. Anyway, anyways, 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 off topic there. Um, but yes, I definitely do hate WSU for all it's worth. And I have a little story to tell you as well. I've only been to Pullman one time. I've driven past Pullman many times on the way to Seattle, but I've only been to Pullman one time. I was forced to go. Um, it was my senior year in high school, and I'm in choir and uh, Shadow Park High School, and uh, we were chosen to go down for the day or actually the full day in the night to. Um, you know, sing a couple songs um, for uh, for pretty much a showcase. And if you make like the top three schools, I think top three schools or four, I'm not sure. We were number one, um, unless I remember, to sing to come back at the evening session to sing for a packed house in the uh, at the auditorium there in Pullman, Wash at the at, on the campus there. And so we did definitely advance, and we. Well and all that, it's all, all that, all, it's all, all and well. But um, a few girls and I from the, a few girls and myself from our from our choir for lunch, changed out of our clothes and our nice clothes and stuff, uniforms and stuff, and went down to uh, it's a pipeline in Pullman for lunch. And you can imagine um, they have all Washington State Cougars posters and banners and. All that crap, crap, C-R-A-P, crap. Um, so I walk in with itty bitty chin and guts bone. No, no, just kidding. Um, just kidding. Um, I walk in with my husky hat on and my husky shirt on, t-shirt on, and I say, "Go huskies, go huskies, go huskies." People laughed about it. Um, it was it was fun, um, funny. But I'm I'm glad no students were actually in there because I might have might have got beaten up before I went back to um, sing. So it was good I was spared and it was it was all good and good and fun though you know. All right, let's move it on here. Um, okay, so we do have a couple of fan questions. One was from uh, by personal text from Adam in Northern California. Now, Adam is going to come on Friday with the Seahawks game and then preview the upcoming game for next weekend against the Packers. So, look forward to that. Now, he does, he's from Spokane, but he moved down to Northern California for some reason. But anyways, so, um, okay, so he asked, what? Who are a couple coaches on UW's staff, Peterson's staff, who are going to be hot commodities for other teams, to, other college teams or pro teams to, to snag up? Now, before I say that, I want to just go back to Pete Carroll um, at in, for the Seahawks here in town in Seattle. Now he's had a line, a long line, or a couple, just a couple, two or three guys who have left for NFL jobs. Now Gus Bradley, who was coordinator when the Seahawks went in 2013, with the Broncos, 
Um, he he left and went to coach the Jacksonville Jaguars, which did not um, work out too well for him. However, you know, God bless the guy for trying. It, it's hard to win there anyway. I mean, I wish, I wish him well in his future endeavors, as they would say. And then, oh, then you had then you had Dan Quinn, who took over, took over for uh, Pete Carroll um, down there. And um, it is it raining? Yeah, it's got might rain. Um, sorry. Um, anyways, so then you got Dan Quinn from he goes from Seattle to uh, he goes down to Atlanta Falcons, um, where he turns around the defense for a couple for about a couple years, and now. Um, Super Bowl, Super Bowl last year, uh, they blew it big time. But you know, still, he's one of the great defensive minds in the game. Now, Chris Richard, Chris Richard, who now takes over the Seahawks defense coordinator, coordinator who, you know, he's also one of the great coaches. I'll get to, I'll get to him in, late, in, a, in just a minute. Actually, actually, I'll hold that off for a minute. So back to you, Deb. So I would say. Two guys, one guy, John, Jonathan Smith, who is the offensive coordinator, head coach for Chris Peterson at UW, was the one, the only holdover on Sark, Steve Sarkisian's staff that was retained because he is a brilliant, that's a mind. When you see UW play, this game team he gets them to play, these script trick plays they get, um, formations they get to get into, and they get big yards after catch. I mean, he he does plays brilliantly, brilliantly unlike their level in Seattle. Now, some guy might look forward to get a hot job here down the road. Now, next thing I want to talk about is Jimmy Lake, who is the defensive back, who is the secondary secondary coach uh, for the uh, UW Huskies um, under coach Peterson under his third or fourth year, I do believe. Now, it's one thing to have all the talent in the world at secondary, to, you know, to mesh and gel, but you need to have a coach who can teach you great technique, get you in the right situation at the right time, um, be disciplined, have great... You have, you have to be coach... You have to have guys to buy into your program, to your program. You have to have guys... That will say yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. They won't. They won't argue with you. If they do argue, you let them know what's up. But um, so that's what I'm gonna say. So Jimmy Lake um, is a guy. Because a guy, last year you had Kevin King, Sidney Jones, Buddha Baker. You know, secondary. That's huge. But you have egos also. You have to manage the egos because you. I'm a big star and and big man on campus. You know. You know. So it's like. It's fantastic. I mean, that is that's fantastic stuff. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, I was gonna say because um, I was gonna say Chris Richard was the defensive backs coach, secondary coach for Pete Carroll for a couple of years. He actually was with Pete Carroll at USC. He played for he played for Pete Carroll at USC, and then he after he graduated, he I know um, played for the Seahawks a little bit. Um, didn't do well. wasn't a great player, but he went back to coach for Pete Carroll. Um, at USC, and then he came over with Pete Carroll, um, I think in secondary coach, I believe, after he, 2010-ish, I would say, 2010, yeah. Um, so, 
then that, and now he's coordinator. But I, my point is, when he was a secondary coach, you have Richard Sherman, drafted in the fifth round, Cam Chancellor, third round pick, or sixth round, sixth round, I'm not sure what round it was, but it was later. And then you had, you had Walter Thurman, you had Brendan Browner, Byron Maxwell, um, you had Marcus Trufant. So you had some really good talent on secondary. Earl Thomas, you know, can't forget Earl Thomas. But um, I just want to say that with all those egos in the room, you have to find a way to find a way as a coach to mesh it, mesh it all together. And if you don't, you might have bickering and arguing on the sideline. You know, we've seen that in Seattle. Um, but or maybe on the field, you'll say, oh, that was your fault, your fault, your fault. But if you get a coach and a system that works, you, can, you have the guys buy into your program. And to say, yes, coach, yes, sir, yes, sir, let's get to it. I got your back. I got your back. So we, we are definitely on the same wavelength here. So I think, as I was saying, so if Chris Richard, I was making generalization, Chris Richard, Chris Richard and Jimmy Lake. Jimmy Lake, Jonathan Smith are two guys, I think, to look forward to in the future for opening jobs, college, NFL, and elsewhere. So what are my expectations for the season coming up? Well, take, let me take a glass, you know, drink my water. Real quick, I'm I am parched. All right, so let me pull up the schedule while I uh, get that bad boy pulled up. So I can go over that with you. All right, so we have opening it up this Friday night, um, September first, five o'clock on Fox Sports One against in on the road. Against Big Ten, Powerhouse, Rutgers University. Uh, yeah, so we're gonna pound them pretty hard. Then you get then we're playing some FCS schools, Montana and Fresno State. Those should be easy kickwalks. And then go into Pac-12 play. Um, we're at Colorado. That'll be easy win. At Oregon State, easy win. At home versus California versus Cal. To be easy win. Any on the road at Arizona State, easy win. At home versus UCLA, they're tough, but not as not so tough. But we fun to we fun to watch. Oscar Rosen versus Jake Browning head to head. They're they're a fun team. They're a fun duo. Um, and then get Oregon at home. That should be a win. Their Oregon isn't Oregon isn't what they used to be um, when they were under. Um, uh, Chip Kelly, and before that was, uh, man, his name. He was a hell of a coach. I was with ESPN, but forget the guy's name, Oregon's head coach. But Oregon should be a win. And the biggest test of the season to date would be at at Stanford on ESPN. Uh, yeah, no, Fox, sorry, Fox Sports 1 at 7.30 p.m. at night. It's a primetime event. And Stanford's preseason ranked is number 18 in the country, 14 in the country. So um, that should be a fun one, but I think we will get the job done. We rode out. We we killed Stanford last 
season. I think it'll be more of the same this season, however, as well. Then you finish up. I got two home games to finish the season up against Utah. Should be a win. Then you Apple Cup against those those pesky, well, not the pesky Cougars of Washington State in Seattle. It's a bit fun. So I think we're looking at here is you're on the table. And then, as I said, start the podcast. I think um, that you'll win all your games. Then you'll you have potentially the option to face um, USC in the Pac-12 championship game, and the winner of that would likely, as long as both teams schools have like we want no loss or one loss, you know, then I think they would be in the final four, and then whoever happens there. It goes, it goes from there. And anything can, can happen. I think, you know, Mel Kuyper, this, Mel Kuyper, of ESPN fame, comfortable analyst, I think it was last week or week and a half ago, on ESPN did say, he was asked, who is going to win the national championship? You would say, oh, maybe Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Florida State, Miami. No. He said, University of Washington. You know what, Mel? I tip my hat to your hair and glory. Thank you very, very much for those kind words, and I hope you are correct. And I think they have a great shot at it. If they stay healthy this year, if all goes well, I think they have a great shot to make it to the final game this year and uh, claim a title under, under Coach Pete. Now, Coach Pete ran a great program down in Boise State for many, many, many years, like over a decade, I think 13 years, 14 years. Um, he's been around for a while, and and he I would say he would get like two like two or three star guys and mold them to like when they leave left to left the program like to be four or five star guys, and um, you know he has the system and he it's worked well for him in the long run, and you know he beat Oklahoma in the Fiesta Bowl with the um, um, Statue of Liberty play um, that was fantastic, and. It, yeah, so I think it, it's it's fantastic, and I think it's going to be a fun year coming up for sure. And um, just hope thing um, goes well. And 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 as I said before, I'm not sure if I said before, but um, I will be um, doing post game shows for Husky football by myself. Um, unless someone else wants to join me on the show, but that's fine by me. I'm doing well right now, and um, I'm having Scott Lewis, Scott Lewis back on every week. I'm not sure what day we'll have him on, but whatever put me in the schedule. Um, talk about the Washington State Cougar football game as well. So have to watch some games of his as well. So moving on here. Um, so last, on Monday night, rather because I recorded this podcast last night, but uh, did not save it. It wasn't saved, so I have to re-record it once again. But that is fine. Um, so I asked Scott the other night who his favorite, who the best coaches in WSU history were and the best quarterbacks to come through that program were. So I'm doing the same now for the University of Washington. So let me take a drink of my Powerade real quick. Mm-mm. All right. So coaches. Okay. Don yeah, James. Don James, obviously the dog father, who I believe, at the end uh, did win was coach ninety one. 
I'm not positive, but I think it was either that or Jim Lambright, one of those two, was the coach. But he had a long, long tradition of winning football at, at the UW. So definitely is the GOAT, my opinion. Opinion. Now, Chris Peterson also on my list. Um, he's been compared to John J- to John James in the past, just, you know, by national national guys, local guys. So he's also on my list. And also love Jim Lambright. He was he was also a good great great coach. Now, and also I loved loved Rick Neuheisel, Slick Rick. Now, be saying, Ozzy, why would you like a guy got fired? You know, I'll say this. He was a great great recruiter, brought in great talent. It's Joe Sopo. No, um. Reggie Williams, you know, he brought a lot of guys in. Um, just a countless guy, countless five-star guys in his tenure at, at UW. Now, I know that he should have got fired for what he did. So, if you don't know, Rick Neuheisel, NCAA basketball coach, um, he got fired before running a March Madness college basketball um, pool. Now, there was no money on the line, but... Still, I think it was very petty of the NCAA to get him on that. But still, I can see the point where you are an NCAA football coach, a high-profile program, and if you get exposed like that, I think you are you should get fired. But my my point is, if you like maybe like let's say a Washington State type of school, like a small a small school like that, I think I think it'd be you know I don't think they'll let it slide a little bit. Slide a little bit, you know. <laughs> Sorry, Scotty. Um, so yeah, um, I think. But I, I love Rick Neuheisel. So Rick Neuheisel, uh, Jim Lambright, Don James, and Chris Peterson are my favorite guys. Now, I will say this. I will say that one guy I do not like at all. He is by far the worst coach that UW has ever seen in history. In my, recome- in my recollection, he's not, he's not even worse as Keith Gilbertson, who was terrible, tro- atrocious. He was awful, just horrible. But Ty Willingham, who was at Stanford in a clean program there, in a clean program at UW, Clean. No violations without that. No good guy. But one year, 2008, football team. You would say, oh, Tillingham, you placed Jim Lambright. So we should be good, right? Oh, on the contrary. Let's review, shall we? Opening up at Oregon, number tw- number 20, Oregon. The score. 44 to 10. 0 and 1. Then we play at home against number 10, 15, number 15, BYU. We lost 28-27 on a pretty much a bullshit call on the on the Walker for taunting. All he did was throw the football in the air after he scored a touchdown. And so they moved it back, PT back, and they missed the field goal, lost the game. So there you go. And so then, that's 0-2. Okay. 
and you play number three Oklahoma. I will say, the games are against top 25 teams, so tough schedule. But anyways, so we get at home, we start Oklahoma, and we lose 55 to 14. That's 0 and 3. Get the counter going, because you'll need it. So, let's see. Okay. So Stanford on at Rome. Tyrone goes back home to Stanford, and we lose 35-28. A closer game, closer game. Way to go, guys! 0-4. Now we're on the road at Arizona. We lose 48 to 14. 0-5. You get the drift. Okay. Now we're back at home against Oregon State. The powerful Beavers of Oregon State. We lose 34 to 13. Then, on the road, Notre Dame, which will be his next stop. Taiwan has next stop. Who doesn't do well there either? Um, we lose 33 to 7 on national television. Thank you, ESPN. Thank you very much. Now, now we're at number six, USC. It's your Husky Zero. And USC, 56. Wow. wow. Just sham. Wow. wow. All right, moving on. The mighty Arizona, Arizona State Sun Devils at home. We lose 39-19. Way, way to go, guys. Way to go. And at home against UCLA, 27-7 loss. Oh, boy. Then we play Apple Cup at Washington State. It was a heartbreaker, 16 to 13. I know that game very well. It made me sad, but Pullman, it was in Pullman, and it was a meager crowd of 32,000 people were packing the place. Um, and then we finished the year um, at California, number 22, number 22 Cal at the time, and we lost 48 to seven. So. Yeah, if you're at home, keeping track, it's an 0-12 season. 0-12. 0-12. That is unbelievably horrible. So, sorry, Rant. I forgot, to a- I forgot to answer this question, though. I forgot to answer this other fan question. My friend Ben from Spokane. Could have agreed to come on the podcast here soon about serial killers. Um, I'll take one, he'll take one, and we'll talk about it in detail. And I hope that enjoyed it. That is you because I love true crime. I have I've subscribed to 30, 30, 33 podcasts, and about 20 of them or so are true crime murder podcasts. I love that stuff. Anyways, off subject there. He asks, he asks, um, how is the Husky, the handsomest doggo around? Well, let's see here. Ben, the Husky, as a dog, as a pet, very soft, like all dogs are. Most dogs are soft, anyway. Um, and then, um, the, those eyes gaze at you romantically. They're bright eyes, hard to not smile with those eyes. They have great eyes, big eyes, black eyes, huge, love it. And the thing, the best thing though, not the eye, the eyes are great, soft, the soft, the soft hair, 
but when they smile, it brings a glimmer to your eye. It's like, oh, I'm in so in love, so in love. You are so darn cute. Huskies, oh, huskies are a cute animal. Don't get that twisted. Okay, there you go. Now, let's, let's close this thing up about the apple cup. Um, memories of apple cup um, are mostly positive because, as you know, since the Washington State Cougar podcast, um, you do pretty much owns WSU. Like, owns them, like, 72 to 30-something. It's ridiculous. They, you know, as they should, because they're, they're from Seattle, and Pullman's, like, in this small <clears throat> town, like, an hour and a half from Spokane. So, it, it's expected. It's expected. It is expected. Um, but also, I do love Apple Cups. Um, I love watching them. My uncle and I have a ongoing five-year five year bet. Not five, no, $5 bet every year for the Apple Cup. I win. I've lost like one or one, one maybe two times. We've been doing this for like ten years or so, and I rarely lose my bets to him. So he owes me five dollars still. But uh, so I see him. I'll let him. I'll get that five dollars from him for sure. Um, I want to say thank you again um, for listening to my podcast. Um, it's been a great, great ride um, for the first month and continued success going forward. And um, what's going this week? I have. Um, as I said earlier, I have Friday. I have Adam Adam coming on, talking about the Seahawks game on Thursday for tomorrow night with the Raiders. Um, then talking about uh, Week One against Green, Green Bay Packers, and uh, that should be fun. And then um, Saturday, Caesar, who's on for the, the mascot podcast, is coming on, doing our Week One NFL picks. Friday Friday's on the line, so Week One NFL picks. Gambling for gambling is not. Um, recommended. Only entertainment for enter, entertainment for purposes entertainment purposes only. And so, thank you very much for your listening to the podcast. As you always, you can reach me on Twitter at the podcast phenom. Snapchat on sports. Same on Instagram. And I will talk to you guys next time. See ya.